Hello and welcome to Should I Keep This, a podcast where I ask comedians to venture into their massive prop and costume collections to find an item that makes them say, should I keep this? I'm your host, Samantha Russell, an over 20 year sketch comedy veteran and a prop and costume hoarder extraordinaire. My guest today is Dr. Timory. She is a professional sexologist, longtime burlesque artist, a co-host of the amazing show DTF, the Daryl and Timory Fun Hour, and a general badass woman who can do both. Welcome, Timory. Thanks for being on my silly podcast. I'm so excited. This is really nice. <laughs> so how long have you been in burlesque and what attracted you to that? Um, it'll be 15 years this summer. Mm-hmm. And uh, I first was a go-go dancer. Uh, oh. Yeah. So I started out when I was in grad school. Um, I like I could get really into the whole story. but uh, <laughs> <laughs> So I ended up... Uh, having a job as a go-go dancer at this lesbian bar called sisters that no Mm -hmm. longer exists and um while i was doing that like i I loved that job but it's very limited in your freedom of expression because like the go-go dancer isn't picking the music um you're just somewhere between a performer and decor um and i found out about burlesque existing and was just like, oh, there's the capacity for political things, for really silly things, for all of that. And it's just like it, so much more opportunity as an artist there. Plus, yeah. I could also see that like economically the winds were changing, that like GoGo wasn't going to get bigger. Like, and mm-hmm. it's not like it's not really so much a popular thing, but burlesque was going to grow. So like I was just like, yeah, let me let me get in on this. And I started producing immediately, despite having no qualifications to do so. <laughs> so, you know, I learned on the job and I've yeah. uh, I've been doing it since uh since then. And uh it's you know, it's such an interesting art form because it 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 lends itself to everything. Like yeah. any other skill set you already had, you can bring into it and you can, you know, like there's people who come in with like sketch comedy, there are people who come in and sing, there's people who do hoop or aerials or whatever it's uh it's a very malleable thing and the reason the art form has survived as long as it had as it has is it's a its ability to to change yeah so yeah and uh which which kind of types of burlesque do you uh are you drawn towards like comedy and that's that's actually really yeah great question because like if i had just seen like classic burlesque if i just like went to a show and i saw the feather fans and the rhinestones mm-hmm. and the corsets, I probably been like, okay, well, that was cool. I've done that now. I yeah. don't need to do that again. Um, but it was much, much late. And that's not to say that that, that art form, that genre is boring. It took me until I had a lot of experience to understand good classic burlesque. But what got me immediately was the overtly political stuff yeah. and the really, really silly stuff. And like the origin of burlesque is inherently both political and satirical. So um, that is from another angle, classic burlesque. So there's yeah. the philosophical classical and then there's the aesthetic classical. And I'm very drawn towards the weird ragtag stuff that was popular during like vaudeville and, yeah. and like just the wacky things. Although probably you know a little less problematic now but um, (laughs) yeah I like the stuff where you're you're getting to tell a funny or meaningful story through the process of it not just the stuff where we're being hot although I like the stuff where people are just being hot too yeah yeah (laughs) and how does one sort of become a, a a professional sexologist uh the way that I did it is I got a PhD in human sexuality education um 
there are a few routes to it. Um, I studied from a biopsychosocial model, so I am um, I'm trained as an educator, but some folks go into it from a more clinical, like counseling perspective. So mm -hmm. they learn more about how to do the therapy side of it. Um, there are other people who their area of expertise is maybe the pelvic floor or they have like urology background, something like that. And then they can, you know, learn the, the human side of it. So there's a lot of different angles to being a sexologist. For me personally, I, I really like teaching. I like yeah. curriculum development. I like using media to educate. I like doing workshops with adults. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm built for teaching about sex. Nice. <laughs> and I'm sure that that kind of goes over to just the burlesque thing. Cause like, I know I've, I've been, I, I was raised Catholic and I'm like, always mm. so like, like it's taking me a really long time to sort of embrace sexuality and, and it, like, and I've always watched burlesque and I'm like, this is so fun. I wish I could do this. But then there's that part of me that's like, no, this is, you shouldn't do such a thing. And it's like, I, I don't know. I, I feel like it's hard for me to shake that off. Now I'm just asking you questions. As <laughs> no, I mean, that, that's real. I think the, the um, religious upbringing to erotic performance pipeline is real. You yeah. know? Like there are an awful lot. I mean, I think there's a couple different ways you go when you're raised very Catholic. And one of them is doing uh, like the opposite. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and uh, there's, there's it's everybody's journey like how you feel about sexuality how you feel about your own body like that's yeah. every single person's journey and there's also the difference between feeling like all right i've gotten over the immoral part of it but i still have the living in america body shame thing yeah um and a lot of people it doesn't really matter what they actually look like are convinced that they're somehow not like yeah body ready for it and i'm like you have not seen enough burlesque then because yeah everybody is a burlesque body yes yes yeah. it is one of the most diverse in terms of uh just body diversity but also like gender diversity in terms of like so many other different types of representation if you compare it to any other art form like you want to be a pop singer there's like a very limited number of ways you can look yeah, you know yeah. but you want to be a burlesker it's it's better to be uh, someone whose body is not as often celebrated because people are are hungry for it. Yeah. So, uh, what is your current prop and costume situation? How much do you have, and how do you store it? Um, so, if I if I turned the camera, the, yeah. the listeners would not hear it. But <laughs> I have a giant IKEA closet that Ooh. is the biggest one that you can like order. Okay. So it's like got the mirrors in the front. And it's like very deep and it's very wide and it's the literal largest ikea closet that you can purchase <laughs> it is double wide um yeah. and it is filled top to bottom and that is some of my costumes and then oh. <laughs> i've got multiple shoe racks that are just completely filled um i have um also within my my actual human dresser drawers at least one, two, three, four of the eight drawers are costume pieces. Oh, wow. Because my actual human attire is like three things. I wear like gym <laughs> clothes all day. I don't really own like, you know, if you told me I had to show up in pants, I'm like, um, <laughs> like yoga pants. Those. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's, uh, the majority of the things that I own, I actually don't own that much stuff. I like, I have a lot of books, but I really don't 
really own a lot of items otherwise. Uh, I'm not really a things person. Okay. I like making things and giving them to other people. Yeah. Like crochet and stuff. But um, yeah, I'm not I'm not normally a things person, but it's it's very much costumes and props for burlesque is the vast majority of the objects that I own. Okay. Is, yeah. are, are these a lot of uh, store-bought or handmade or like everything curated yeah it's everything so when i first started in uh burlesque like amazon wasn't a thing you couldn't yeah. just go to uh, if you could go down to south street to buy it like i didn't know about that and like now the options are unlimited people can just yeah. like order stuff online there's so many like stripper store websites that were not an option back then so i've got a mixture of things um from hiring my friends to make them which is one of my favorite things to do yeah because there's so many really talented people uh, in the scene that can can make anything. So I've got things that I've commissioned from my friends. I've got things that uh, I scoured the internet to find. There's random mishmash. There's the things that I've built myself. Like I had to teach myself how to make like tearaway pants. Yeah. You know, stuff like that. So some Ooh, of those how, kind of things. How do you make tearaway pants? The easiest way to do that is to buy pants that are just like a little bit too big and then you slice them down both sides uh, and then you get snap tape. Probably not in that order. You should get the snap tape first. <laughs> and then <laughs> you're going to sew. I, I tend to just hand sew it. Uh, you're going to sew the snap tape so that the, uh, the, the snaps all go together to like basically put the pant back together. Yeah. Uh, and then when you close it back up, uh, it's going to be all of the buttons up at the top, like by your hips, but then the lower you get, it's going to be like every other one so that when it's time to pull them away, they can come off. Um, that's, that's the quick and dirty explanation. Oh, okay. It, anybody can do it. Literally anyone can make <laughs> them. Right. It is, I am not, I'm not a crafty person and I figured it out and like, I'm never good at anything the first time. So the first pair is not good, but like <laughs> <laughs> it's totally doable. It's a very, it's a very accessible craft. Do you have a hard time getting rid of your performance pieces? Yeah, definitely. Because uh, you never know what you're going to need again. And I, right. I, I have some friends who love purging their items. They feel good about it, like the minimalism. And I'm like, I hear you. And philosophically, yeah. I get it. But every single time I've gotten rid of a thing, need it like two weeks later yeah this is always my fear that's always <sighs> happened to me too where i'm like really dreading getting rid of something and i'm like no just do it and then i i need it again mm -hmm. yeah which is why it's, i hold on to everything now yeah it's like i am going to need that ghostbusters pack i am going right? to need this like tina from uh Wee herman costume like it's gonna <laughs> come up and then sure you, enough yeah you never yeah. know do not know and then things can be repurposed yeah that I am very anti-waste. I, yeah. I, I want to clear out unnecessary things. It's a, it's a, it's a juxtaposition. My, the way that I acquire most of the clothes that I wear in life is I'll buy like fitness clothes, just like from a store. But otherwise I do a lot of clothing swaps. I do a lot of like thrift store things. I'm yeah. very, very anti-waste. It's part of like my ethos around like the planet. Mm -hmm. Um, and capitalism so i don't buy a lot of stuff and then it's hard to get rid of it because of that like i don't yeah. want to have to replace it 
Yeah. And I also like fear since I have a lot of weird things and then I'm trying to get rid of them. And if I donate them to the thrift store at a time that's not like Halloween, I worry that they might throw them out where they're like, oh, yeah. no one's going to want this right now. Yeah. And I like I don't want something to get thrown out. I want it to actually be used somewhere else. Yeah. So that's why I hold on to some things, even if I know I don't really want them anymore. This is also part of the appeal of clothing swaps for me. Yeah. Like my, my friends and I have been doing them for years. And then the thing will be sometimes I'll find like some item that like this is cool i need to have this but it's actually not for me i don't know it at the time but like i am the conduit through which it gets to its correct Ooh. owner that happens a lot and like, I like well, that you know like this person will wear this shirt for a few years and they take it to a clothing swap and then this person has it for a few years and it's like a sisterhood of the traveling pants but it's like a sparkly midriff shirt <laughs> <laughs> but yeah we've like so many things like that and it's like really really endearing to me that we have that like this connection through a tangible thing yeah i actually i went to one of your clothing swaps years ago and i got a pair of somebody brought like their mother's 70s pants and i oh. still like wear them i love them so much <laughs> that's the thing is it's like you know and styles change so it's like I'm never gonna need these '90s era clothes again. Yeah, and look where we no, are. We're back. Yeah, it's crazy. Oh, get man. rid of these Jenkos. Oh no. Yeah, <laughs> I have a pair. I I recently like found a pair of like really big baggy pants that were from like the late '90s, early 2000s, mm -hmm. and I'm like, these are popular again. Wow. Yep. Yep. <laughs> How'd that happen? And I learned that from my mom's mom. She was a bit of a. a fashion person like she grew up a very poor german farm girl so when she was an adult and she could spend money how she wanted to it was like buying really nice clothes that would be kept around for forever mm -hmm. and just like these really uh they're like art pieces you know like yeah and i didn't really get that as a kid i was like this isn't in fashion anymore but now i understand like she had a vintage closet that like yeah somebody would have slit a throat for yeah, yeah. oh wow all right, so what did you bring today to discuss on the podcast? So this is, yeah, I've had a dilemma around this dress for a long time. It is it is behind me. It, listeners probably can't see it, but yeah. Sam can see it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it is a ridiculously large mermaidy looking dress that is covered in these bizarrely big, like bangle-like sequins. <laughs> and it is super puffy at the bottom and it is uh it's got some see-through pieces it's got a sort of like corset shape through the top um it's sleeveless uh and it's yeah it's sort of like fitted through the the torso and then it's just like this ridiculous poofiness below that and the origin of this dress is um so a friend of mine her name is tara lassard uh we knew each other from again to go back to sisters like uh she and i met when i was working there she would do photography for events and we would have these really great conversations we became good friends through the scene and then we worked together on this project called sex x which was a um it was like a five-year-long project of uh, sexuality education events like it was it was a very big part of both of our lives and a, a thing that we were both really passionate about and because she's uh she's a queer woman very kinky like these are big important parts of her life and we shared we shared all this stuff and 
she uh, found this dress somewhere and was like, you need to have it. Um, <laughs> so she brought it to me. I did not realize that she was asking me to buy it from her, but I did. <laughs> I was like, okay, I'm sure. I, again, I, I'm, she's the conduit through which I got it. But um, we were at a, an event where she was talking about um, sexuality and cancer. And she, at that point was in remission and so it was like extra like exciting to get to see her because you know she had been going through so much mm -hmm. and I I've worn this dress approximately like two times because it's really difficult to get it around I ride a bicycle so it's not the sort of oh, thing I can just like toss okay, in a yeah. bag um but she died a few years ago and so I cannot separate that yeah. um and it's like it's a very silly, wonderful piece that takes up a ton of space and I don't yeah. use it, but it's like, because it's so silly, I love it. And because it's connected to her, uh, yeah. I, like if I am going to ever get rid of it, it's going to have to be like handing it to another person who yeah. will love it. That would be the only way. Oh my goodness. So how, how long have you had this? Uh, that would have been like, um, seven, eight years, something it's, it's been a while. Yeah. Um, yeah, it definitely, it, yeah, it's probably been about seven, eight years. And this is being stored in your, uh, Ikea closet. Yeah. Yeah. It takes up a lot of space. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's real poofy on the bottom. Yeah, it is. It is large for me to transport it somewhere. I would basically have to get like a, like a like garment a, bag, right? Maybe I haven't actually even tried it in there. I've been putting it in like a trash bag because that's okay. actually how how she transported it to me. So like you get like a real big kitchen trash bag, yeah, and then just like try to not ruin all the sequins. Uh, but it's just so big, and yeah, like I said, I ride my bike everywhere, so it's just not a practical thing to do. Like it would be the only thing that I could put in my bag. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, you you wore it twice. Was any of this for like a performance, or this was? What was this for? Um, one of the times I wore it, uh, she took photos of me just like in the street. Yeah. So we're just like down in South Philly and, and it was just like an evening where I'm just like standing in the street wearing this ridiculous mermaid dress. And that's some of my favorite photos are just like that. It's just like we're at a thing. The background isn't anything particularly exciting. It's just you're in a cityscape wearing a gown. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which is a nice juxtaposition. And then I wore it to... Um, I used to run a thing called Philadelphia Burlesque Battle Royale, which is somewhere between a boot camp and a grad school of burlesque. And, yeah. and uh, we would teach these kids for like many, many weeks and they would be working on their projects. And, and I wore it, I think, to like the semifinals one year uh, as my like dressing up for the kids. But yeah, um, it's, it's not practical as a costume because it's not yeah. strip outable. Yeah. It's something mm. you just like wear. You're just in it now. <laughs> mm. So, but what is it about this dress that made you bring it on a podcast called Should I Keep This? Like, cause you're, you're obviously very attached yeah. to it because yeah. of the, the sentimentality, but what part of you thinks you should get rid of it? Well, I mean, it's, yeah, it takes up a ton of space. I've only worn it two times in eight years, you know, it's yeah, just yeah. like, there, there is a, there's a very practical side of me that's like, okay, like really could live without this. Like, yeah. and um 
yeah, I don't like holding on to things for no reason, for no practical yeah. reason, especially something that takes up a ton of space. So, and I think also, again, to go back to the point, I would have to give it to somebody who would care for it. Maybe I'm just like ready for that. Maybe I'm ready yeah. to be like, who's in love with this? Who will yeah. take care of it? Who will wear it? Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm trying to figure out if, I mean, it seems like a lot of work, but is there any way to repurpose this dress mm. where you could make the skirt almost into like a shawl and mm. like make it sort of a little less cumbersome, but that, it would be a lot of work, but then yeah. still, you know, honor your friend and the memories that you have with this dress and then just kind of make it into a new life? Maybe. I don't have those skills. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't either. <laughs> I'm not the guy who could do that. Um, We're outsourcing this this job yeah. here, but... I'm also, yeah, I, I don't know enough about construction to even look at it and say, like, oh, you could do this. Yeah, you could do yeah, yeah. Like, I got nothing. Um, <laughs> again, I can make tearaway pants. That's my list. I can make okay. tearaway pants and I can make a boa. Um, and that's my list. But um, maybe somebody could. But I also, I also think that it's like, it's, it's really so strange looking. I don't even know how you could, how else it could be. Yeah, <laughs> it's, just like, yeah. it's just so perfectly weird. Do you like, think there's anything you could wear it to? Like any sort of a show you might be putting on where you're going to be wearing a really flashy yeah, ball I, gown? I mean, I guess I could like wear it to MC something because like mm -hmm. as an MC you don't have to strip um yeah. so yeah I could yeah it's just very yeah just getting it there is the problem you know it's actually it's kind of like I have a I have a boa that I made that's really really big the only way that I can get it places is I put it in an Ikea bag and then I wrap it around my neck like I wrap the straps of the Ikea bag around my neck so oh I've got my my, my bag on my back <laughs> full of other stuff I've got an Ikea bag <clears throat> just like i just i look ridiculous but like I'm... and i don't like this like i was I, like all of a sudden my mom just came into my head going i don't like you riding your bike like this yeah. this sounds yeah. very dangerous yeah Please stop doing this <laughs> but you know like if you've been it you know if you've ever been to like southeast asia and people are carrying like entire like pieces of furniture on a motorcycle it's kind of like talking, that I'm about tapping into that like this is how we get around no, <laughs> no i get it it's just yeah it's filling me with anxiety <laughs> sure sure yeah oh okay that's fair <laughs> if, if this had disappeared before the podcast like somebody just snuck into your place took this and only this would you have noticed yeah okay I would for almost anything I own. Um, I okay. am, I have tremendous uh, amount of like energy goes into keeping track of my objects because I have ADD. Okay. So like a great deal of my daily energy is where are all of my objects? And so I come up with uh, systems. So they are either in the place where I put them and know that they are, or they could be anywhere. Oh, okay. You know, so, so yeah. like, if I don't, if I don't see something in the place that I expect to, and sometimes I'll just think about stuff and I'll be like, I haven't seen that. And then I have to go look, I have to go look through everything I own until I find it just to make sure that I yeah. have it. Um, 
Although there are lots of items that like I've loaned out to people, like costume pieces that they've used for, uh, you know, like other burlesquers and I'll forget that I gave it to them too. So that happens also. <laughs> yeah, that's happened to me too, yeah. right? Yeah, I've lost track of something and then I was blaming somebody for losing a costume like in my head, but I never confronted them. And then it found out, it turned out somebody else had the costume <gasps> and I was like, oh, now I feel bad that I... <laughs> I had this whole storyline in my head that they <laughs> they lost my costume. What a jerk. Uh, yeah, but they've been since been returned. Um <laughs> uh okay. See, this is such a like it's it's got such a sentimentality that I, I don't really want you to get rid of it, but I feel like you know that you're not really using it and that this could shine with someone else. Maybe I need to but wear yeah. it one more time. Yeah see what the actual experience of wearing it is because it's been so long i oh, might yeah. be like wait this is actually deeply uncomfortable and i don't want to have it or maybe i'll be like oh i love this and then i'll find reasons like i think that's yeah. what i really need to do is so that's, like, yeah i think that's what you should do i think you should try to either wear it and see it you know see what you you think or like you said find the person that this would belong to yeah. as this kind of happened to you how you got it and i mm -hmm. think it would still honor your friend to be giving this to someone else who is going to treasure it and going to use it for yeah. performances or for whatever i think that's true yeah yeah how do you feel about that yeah no i think i'm going to pick a specific show um for instance i have a showcase coming up where I'm, I'm teaching um, first time solo performers, like mm -hmm. for about five weeks, they take this like series and then they get to perform as part of a showcase. And the venue is not super far from my house. I could probably walk it over Oh, in a bag, yeah. um, give it a shot, see, see if it's uh, something that is silly <laughs> or yeah. something that... Yeah, feel it out, see if it's yeah. good. And then if yeah. not, you know, if you go to a clothing swap or you're around other performers or somebody that you know, like is around the same size, you can say, that hey, is I, one of the challenges. I, I got, yeah. I have this piece that I think you might enjoy or, you know, and they can just see if, if it's theirs, see if, they, yeah. if the energy, energy's yeah. right, you know? Or if someone comes up to me at that show and is like, I love this. And I'll be <laughs> just like, take it right oh, off there. Yeah, <laughs> you take it. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm comfortable with just standing around in my underwear or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I don't know. I think I think you're ready to let it go, but you know, you got to find the right place mm -hmm. if you are. But it mm -hmm. again, if you haven't worn it in a long time, you know, try it on. See if it's Yeah. It might be it might be right. It might not yeah. be as weird as you thought it was. Yeah. Yeah. This is this is helpful. <laughs> That's what I'm, I'm trying. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I think we can move on to the second segment yeah. of the show yeah. called Should I Keep This? And I'm mm -hmm. going to give you one of my many props and costumes. So what I have today is a little card costume. It's a queen of hearts. It's um, kind of, I think it's like polyester-y material. It's just like a little square uh, that's a white card that's got the queen of hearts on the back or on the front on the back it has like looks like the back of a card where it's oh, wow. all like stars and lightning zany. bolts yeah it does look very zany i think that's the only description <laughs> that, that you can uh this pattern uh it has a little tie in the back um and this is a child size costume i 
wore this in like 1990, 1991 in a dance recital where I tap danced to uh, Juice Newton, Newton, Juice Newton, Queen of Hearts, that playing with the Queen of Hearts. And um, yeah, this just kind of went over a different dance costume, I guess, like my ballet costume. And then I threw this on for the tap number. And uh, it's been in my collection since then because I've always thought it was kind of cool. And then I forgot about it for many years. And it ended up moving with me from my parents' house to another house to the house I'm in now. And um, I put it in the closet. I had completely, completely forgot about it. And then my husband, like, uh, we're listening to his Spotify. He's been listening to a lot of country music. Send help. Um, But... (laughs) Queen of Hearts came on and I went, oh my God, I tap danced to this. And I think I still have the costume. So I recently went in the closet. Sure enough, it was hanging on a hanger. It was a little dirty and a little dingy. And I was like, oh, should I throw this out? But I washed it and it looks great now. And now I'm just like wondering, it's like, because it's so little. So it's like, a, it's a kid's costume. And I haven't used it in like 30 years, (laughs) but it's so like stupid. (laughs) <laughs> like, I kind of want to keep it. I don't know. What do you think? Should I keep this? So there's there's a couple things that I have to say. And one of them is that this reminded me of a thing I saw on the internet the other day, which was Tara Reid doing a Queen of Hearts aesthetic costume. Uh-huh. But all of the cards that were on her costume were diamonds. <laughs> and it was like... She did not notice and no one had pointed it out to her? Like, I don't know how you get that far. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's so silly. That was the first thing that came to mind when you, when you brought that out. I was like, weird. <laughs> Synchronicity. Yeah. Um, this one's actually a heart. So, so yes. have you tried it on? I have it not because when I got it out, it was so kind of gross and then there was like a little film on the inside we used to have like a foamy kind of bit and that kind of broke all up so i mm-hmm. when i washed it that all came out and then i was kind of letting it dry and i didn't i didn't really have the time before the podcast yeah like, i think i probably yeah. did but i didn't do it but it, it like let me stand up here let me see how far this goes it kind of it kind of goes to my hips okay like, so it, it's like it looks like a t-shirt rather than like a dress at this point yes and I think it always just sort of looked like, um, almost like you're wearing like a sandwich board. I don't, it It was never, <laughs> it was never flattering. It was okay. just a square piece. Like it was kind of stupid when it first happened. But I'm also wondering if I could just kind of be a sexy card where I wear like fishnet stockings and Ooh. just this and a little like, like yeah. shorts that have a heart on the butt or something. But I also, but it's not, again, it's not a flattering shape it's so, not it's not a good, it's gonna it's look kind of bad because it's not baggy enough to be like that look yeah but it's not form-fitting and so it just hides your actual shape it's just gonna it's gonna look dumb which maybe i could lean into that might be funny and then just have my legs looking like good and then i'm wearing a dumb card on top but also that might be stupid I mean, I think that that's probably its best case scenario, though. Yeah. Like I'm trying, like I'm scanning, like 
would it be a beach cover-up but it doesn't seem long enough no and i don't think the material is even like i feel like it would be kind of bad in a sweaty situation oh okay yeah because it's kind of polyestery i don't know if it's very breathable mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. i don't know if i'd use it as a beach cover-up but i mean it's an idea it's also giving a little hospital gown with a tie in the back it is it's very that's kind of the shape of it really it's just a child-sized hospital gown yeah. so that's it's <laughs> it's not sexy at all mm, i so mean that's... you could make it sexy i mean again the, the... <laughs> so what I, this this reminds me of i mean that is just sort of a trope right you just have like your fishnets on and then it, it's instantly like sexy i've been a like sexy bb8 before like in a star wars show yeah. so i'm basically just an inflatable ball it was a children's costume it has a little <laughs> fan in it so it's just oh like, yeah so it blows up yeah yeah so it's actually a blow-up thing and my little stupid face is just like sticking out through <laughs> like a, a screen um and then I've got like my arms sticking out. And then what I would do is like wear high heels, but like crouch down real low to the ground. So my knees are actually in my chest and I'm walking around <laughs> with just the little feet sticking out. Uh, and that's how the number would start. And then I like, oh no, I grow legs. And then it's just this ball with legs. And it's just, <laughs> it's such a silly concept to just yeah. be like a weird shape with legs. I think yeah. it's- Yeah, that's like, and that's kind of what, is like in my head when I, I was kind of going into the closet to get it and I was going, oh, maybe I could, like I was thinking that, like I could do a sexy thing. And then when I got it out, it's absolutely not, which I think might be funnier. Like it's because it's so stupid <laughs> and it'll look so bad. <laughs> but there's also the fact that I'm not, like I haven't used this in 30 years. <laughs> like, should I really hold on to it? But what would I ever do with it? I mean, I think you either got to commit to a whole, perhaps even a group costume. Oh. You know, I feel like when the, when your costume is not in and of itself, like at a mwah kind of yeah. level, then you just got to team up with other people so that it together yeah. it makes it quality. So if there's okay. something else you could tie in, um, I don't even know what the theme would be. I know because it's it's or... like an actual card, so it's not like I could do any sort of Alice in Wonderland, Queen of Hearts. Like it's this... maybe a dice, yeah, <laughs> or like this... poker chips, yeah, or something. I a Somebody cigar, goes, like a roulette wheel, like <laughs> <laughs> like what are we doing here? Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Maybe it's like theme is like Vegas and everybody else shows up like as a showgirl and you show up in that. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. And then I just look like an idiot, which is really, I, I love looking like an idiot. That'd be a good time. <clears throat> yeah, I like, I like looking stupid. I have, there's nothing wrong with looking dumb, especially if you commit to the bit. Mm -hmm. But yeah, mm -hmm. this is really unflattering. The more I'm looking at the back, the more I'm all only seeing a hospital gown. <laughs> like it, it really just looks like a hospital gown. It's it's very of a time also with that color pattern. Yes. It's that like Dixie cup color yeah. aesthetic. Yeah, it's a definitely a nineties vibe here. Yeah. Like an like, early nineties. So it's 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 getting a little eighties trickle, but it it's trying to identify itself. I want it to be bigger. I want it to be like, like huge on you. Cause then yes. I think you could use it for a lot more things. Yeah. And I think that's how it was when it, 
was originally child. Yeah, we originally purchased <laughs> this thing was well oversized. Now is it's there, just is that. there a kid in your life that could take advantage oh, of it? You know what? My niece might like this. Yeah, I wonder if my my niece Jayla might like this because it is so silly. And she, I feel like she's about the size that would fit in this. Maybe or that's maybe the one solution. of my yeah. Or um, Brian Kelly's daughter might also like it. Oh, that's an idea. Giving it to a child. <laughs> this child size costume. Yeah, no, I mean, but there's also just the, like, I feel like I'd have a hard time just because of how old it is and how long I've held on to it. But again, I haven't, I haven't used it. And if somebody that you see uh, is in your life enough that you'll get to see them use it, then it yeah. still gets used. That's, I love yeah. seeing that stuff. Yeah, you're when you right. Hand, when you hand somebody something, whether it's like a present or a hand-me-down or whatever, like seeing people use the stuff you give them is like very yeah. heartwarming to me. Yeah. And I've done that a lot on this podcast where I've given things away and then like, especially to the things that have gone to kids where they're like, oh, I love this. And I'm like, I had a giant bear sitting in my basement for how many years? And then like the kid is like living their life with this bear now. And why did I, why did I deprive them of that for so long? I wasn't using it. So yeah. Maybe I'll do that. I'm going to try it on first to see if I could pull it off as a good idea as as a stupid enough costume. But if not, maybe I'll give it to a kid. That makes a lot of sense <laughs> to give a child size costume to a child. Yeah, it's so crazy at my work. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I think you might be right. I just have to like, let myself do that. But yeah, as long as I get to see them have joy. Yeah, I think I'll be okay. <laughs> yeah i feel good about that yeah okay yeah i think i do too all right so how do you feel about your decision yeah no i yeah i'm glad we had this this is uh this whole show's concept is i think marie kondo would approve right yeah it's, it's about being very intentional about going through all of your stuff because i think it's very american to forget what all we own and yeah. to just keep acquiring new things um and one of the reasons i like doing these clothing swaps is that is it a it's a deadline for me to go through everything i own yeah and without fail i will get rid of an entire trash bag full of stuff at least if not more yeah. and for a long time there i was moving like once a year uh, while i was in like grad school just like that was the nature of what was going on and it was a you know it's annoying to move but it's also a great opportunity to be like what do you actually really want to keep yeah. And I would get rid of a bunch of stuff that I have not missed. Yeah. Um, so I just think this whole concept uh, is really smart. And I think that really just having that moment of like, does this spark joy? <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. And and why can I get rid of it? Why why have I held on to this and not done anything with it? Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, I feel like I, I need to go to the clothing swaps because I like... And do you, do you get a lot of performers there? This is more just a regular conversation. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, the the nature of like who who sees my social media is a lot of other artists. So one of the things I make a really big point about is that we get people with all different kinds of clothing sizes, all different kinds of genders. Like, it's not just, I mean, the origin of clothing swaps was, uh, just as a background for anybody who doesn't know this, was like a 
thing that would happen on U.S. military bases so that oh. the families could save money. Like it started out especially with like kids clothes. Yeah. Because kids grow out of stuff really fast. Um, and then, yeah, it's just a way to save money and to create community. And like, especially when they're, you know, part of the war effort is reducing the use of materials on new items when you don't really need to. So it's expanded from there. And now I think it's really helpful. I've known a lot of people who were able to take advantage of the clothing swaps because they're in major transition in their life. Like, and that could include, you know, they lost a bunch of stuff or their body changed dramatically mm -hmm. or the, you know, the gender presentation of their clothing is very different than it used to be. It's a good way to acquire or get rid of a whole bunch of stuff real fast. So yeah, it's yeah. like a time to hang out and, and it's like, yeah, you get, you get all sorts of fun people and really weird objects. <laughs> yeah. And that's like, I feel like that's where I need to go. So that way, if I have something weird that I'm like, I don't want to give this to the thrift store because they might not know what to do with it. Mm -hmm. But like someone in a room full of performers would go, oh, I need that. You know, yeah. like they can actually have a vision to use it as opposed to like, why this looks so costumey. I don't want to put this out in February or whatever. And then anything that we don't give out to people, we just donate to affiliates thrift. And if yeah. they do want to get rid of it, then, you know, that's their decision. But yeah. uh, we have gave it a shot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're trying our best. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, thanks for being on my podcast. Yeah, it was a joy to see you. Yeah, yeah. me too. So uh, where can people find you if they want to see what you're up to? You can head to drtimory.com. That is D-R-T-I-M. A-R-E-E, and I post on my blog uh, links to articles around sexuality, uh, including the stuff that we cover on like DTF, and you can also see the upcoming events we have. Like for instance, DTF Daryl Tibbery Fun Hour is, uh, is a live sex ed comedy game show that we do at Comedy Sports uh, with, my, with my dear friend Daryl Charles. Uh, I have a lot of uh, other events coming up soon, like for instance, I have a burlesque show called Get You a Babe Who Can Do Both. So the burlesque performers give a TED talk in the first half, and then they perform burlesque in the second half. And the idea is that you can be both uh, a sexy person and also a competent adult, and that audiences <laughs> could be interested in more than one facet of you. So it's a really good time. Oh, all right. And what what are your uh, social handles? Or do you not uh, want people finding you? Oh, I mean, they can. Um, <laughs> so for burlesque stuff, my Instagram is Honey Tree Evil Eye. It's spelled like those words. Um, <laughs> it's just Honey Tree Evil Eye, uh, and yeah, you can you can head on over to Instagram for that. Um, and on Facebook, I have a Sex with Timory page. You can follow where I'm posting like pictures and news bits and and commentary and things like that. And people get in wild conversations in the comments <laughs> so that's, <laughs> that's there and like i don't know if anybody's still on twitter but i i sure still do post articles on there <laughs> uh as uh timary t-i-m-a-r-e-e -E, underscore l-e-i-g-h so that's on that's on twitter yeah well thanks again for being on this was delightful yeah. thank you thank you thank you yeah this is yeah and thank you for giving me a chance to really think about this it's been nice just to like also just to think about tara like yeah yeah um, this is like a nice little uh walk down memory lane yeah I'm, I'm glad you had a good time yeah thank you you're welcome 
And that's the show. If you liked what you heard, be sure to follow, rate, review, and tell a friend. And if you want to actually see the items that we're talking about, you can follow us on Instagram at Should I Keep This Pod, where I post pictures each episode. And make sure you head over to xroadscomedy.com, where you can sign up for comedy classes in sketch, improv, and stand-up, see a schedule of upcoming comedy shows, and find other great podcasts, just like this one. Thanks for listening, and we'll have a new show for you in two weeks. See you then. Thank you.